Welcome to the Casual Fridays REI podcast, where you'll learn about the wildly profitable niche of land investing. Active land investors Adam Southey and Justin Sleva are here to share their experiences with you so that you can learn how to build massive cash flow and huge profits from this highly lucrative niche. So without further ado, here are your hosts, Adam Southey and Justin Sleva. Hey, what's up, guys? I'm Adam Southey here with my co-host, Justin Sleva, and this is the Casual Fridays REI podcast. Today, we're talking about legal and physical ad success. Before we do that, though, let's talk about the Casual Fridays land flipping blueprint. Guys, if you're thinking about getting in this niche, you've got to check this out. We've taken all the knowledge we've gained through the years of consulting and the hundreds of clients and put it into this course. It's in an easy-to-follow video format. It's got all the contracts, scripts, and forms that we use in our daily business and Everyone that joins gets a free one-on-one training with either myself or Justin. So if you're interested in learning more, all you got to do is go to our website at casualfridaysrei.com. Click on the training tab, set up a strategy call, and we'll go over everything you need to know to get started. Happy Friday, sir. Happy Friday. Dude, I'm like, I've lost my breath over here. That's a first. Well, you don't have an addiction to looking at cars. Mm, I wasn't sure which one we were going with there. But. <laughs> which, th- those are vices. They're okay. different. Oh. They're not addictions. Okay. I, I don't have to do those. I can't live without looking at cars and daydreaming about them. Okay. And so yesterday, went to a car show, took my motorcycle there with some buddies, walked around it, ran into a 93 Cobra R. Beautiful car. Just like pinnacle car for Justin. Then it made me start daydreaming about other cars that I've dreamed about in my life. So I'm going to take you down memory lane. Justin's 18 years old. He walks into the bank. His cousin has this car that he thinks is just amazing. It's a 92. It's a 92 and a half Mustang LX summer edition. Red, white interior, white top, white wheels. It's just a beautiful car. Is that LX 5.0? 5.0 Mustang. Yeah. So Justin tries to get a loan for it for, I think it was like 6900 bucks, 7000 bucks. Wasn't a ton of money. Justin, 18, worked at Winn-Dixie at the time. Uh, they said, Justin, you have, you don't have credit. I think my credit score was like 680. It's not that you have bad credit. You just don't have any credit. Didn't have a credit card. Didn't have anything. I bought my first car. I paid cash for it. So I just didn't have it. And my, my parents were like, well, no, we're not going to loan you the money or co-sign on it. But, but what we'll do is they ended up giving me like $1,000 to get a CD. So they guaranteed a $1,000 loan so I could start building credit. So at the end of the day, I bought good credit, if you will. But I didn't get the car. So later on in life, in like 2006, 2007, a triple white car, which is kind of the same car, just white body. They made a 93, came up and I built one. And I spent a ton of money building it right doing it and then we sold I sold that for the Cobras when I bought my first Cobra. Well I found a summer edition ninety two Mustang the other day yesterday on eBay last night when I was looking through it and I bid looked kinda low. So I just went in and threw a bid in just to see what kind of kind of deal I'd get on it. And then the guy reached out and says, Hey man, saw that you're interested in the car. It's listed locally at our dealership. We could sell it at any time. Well I didn't know what the car would go for. Like I before I saw it I said, uh, man, if I got that car between fifteen and twenty thousand dollars, that'd be a hell of a deal. And so I looked at the website, seventeen nine. It's a good price. So what do you do? <laughs> do we run a flash sale on some courses <laughs> so Justin can buy a car? No, it's uh So now I got to talk to the bride. Does it have AC? Yes. Yeah, it's an automatic. Automatic. Not not a big huge automatic fan in that, but I'm not opposed. But this car, so like my white one I had that I built was a. It was a one of like 120 that came with chrome wheels from the factory. That car was a triple white car, but it had a limited edition chrome wheel on it. It was a five-speed. It was originally an automatic. It was converted, but the car had been wrecked. So it had a rebuilt title on it, and that was the thing. The car was mint. It's beautiful, but that rebuilt title killed the resale value on it. Mm-hmm. So this car, clean title, 
30,000 original mile car. I mean, this car is like, it's can be collector or driver. It's one of those type cars. Mm-hmm. And it's at a price I just can't, like I can't shake it now. So I'm out of breath over here. Is it convertible? It is. Oh. Mm. That would be my, my deterrence. So that's, so I've had hardtop Mustangs and they're just like, they're just, Cars. They don't. They don't have the wind in your hair. You know the kids. The your hair's backseat. like half an inch long. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, it's no, that, no flowing back there. It's that sun on your body. It's mm. that piece. I don't know. I've got. That's my my quandary. What we're gonna do today? But it brings up a good point. Cars lead into access. Well, you gotta have access to take a car on it. You gotta have access to take a car to your property to see it. So in today's world, the most common type of property we get back, bar none, is something that doesn't have access. Yeah. Whether it's legal or physical. And there's two pieces to that. And I was having a call with somebody this week, and sometimes I have a Justinism where I say something that sounds really smart, so I write it down so I can share it with podcast world. And this is one of those things. Legal access is usually the hardest thing to get. But physical access, we can make that. You just need a little bit of money. And that's that's a thing that I want us to kind of have the conversation around today is that a lot of times it may look like it has physical access, but it's really not legal access. Or it has legal access with an easement it's written into a deed you see an easement in there but you really can't get on the property why wouldn't you be because it's too jacked up well you just can't because there's trees all there like it says oh you have a 50 foot right away easement from the this road back 2,000 feet to the property but it's covered in 30 foot trees 40 foot trees yeah yeah i mean access is such a even on even sometimes it looks really good but like you know, I just can't stop thinking of the name Tranny Pan Hill. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to expand on that a little bit? I mean, okay, so Monday show, we talked about how we went to Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. The first property where we met the guy we were talking about, Stan. Yeah. The land was maybe, I don't know, maybe we're going slow. It could be a lot shorter, maybe a quarter mile, maybe half. I, maybe. I'd say it's probably right around three quarters of a mile, half mile back. Yeah. So it's dirt. Mm-hmm. Some of it's really good. Not a problem. But like one or two spots were rough. One in particular had kind of like some rocks sticking up and you probably should have a high high center of gravity or a four-wheel drive truck to get through it yeah anyway we met we get through it because we're in justin's truck no problem fly right through and we go to meet stan mm-hmm. and stan tells us about tranny pan hill dude i can't get over that name tranny pan <laughs> i was like tranny pan yeah stan what are you telling us back here bud cars with that are too low right they'll, they'll hit the rocks and it'll bust the yep the pan right? yeah and then they get stuck back there because and he said he actually said he's He's been he's seen cars go through it, and then he'll like he'll see the oil leaking or the you know the transmission oil, fluid. Yeah, transmission fluid leaking as they drive off, and he's like, "I better go get the truck so I can help him out of here." <laughs> I'm gonna tell him out. And that's tough. Like it's not everyone wants a piece of the property that they have to navigate that stuff with to get back to. Yeah, and that it does deter a lot of people. And so that's you know as we started this kind of journey into land investing right on the bat when it, right off the bat anything we got back we we're like oh if it's got like looks like two track that gets to it we're buying and going mm-hmm. and then we realized the velocity that the deal were turning it took a special person to get back to some of those properties and so you start to go into something nicer i've gotten to the point now in, in most deals and not every deal but you know some deals i'll jump into because the price is too good and i'll gamble it but i want to be able to turn off the the road onto the property yeah oh yeah for sure and we've run into that to where it looks like you can, but it's grown up over the last 20 years because nobody's been out there. And so you clear it out a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, I, I definitely at this point. I, I was thinking when you said we would have bought anything, like I think maybe the fourth or fifth property I ever bought was a Brewster County property. Had to have been 20 miles down a two-track or something. Mm-hmm. You know, you, like 
you start at the very northeast corner of Brewster County and the property's in the far southwest corner <laughs> on the Mexican border or something, yeah. you know, like, like, but I bought it back then. I would never even dream of buying that. But, you know, I, I had, I posted that property on Craigslist. And I had people calling left and right. Yep. You know, so people still buy this stuff. Yeah, they do. Uh, and that's, that's the thing, you know, we want to make sure that you, you understand that you can do the run your business that way. That's what a lot of people do. But for me, and I think, I guess I'm going to speak for you. So I'll say for us. As we've gotten a little bit deeper into this, we find it's a lot easier when if you have a realtor that goes out there and she can pull in, her client can pull in with her, mm-hmm. they can look at the property and dream about where they're going to build it, get on and off. And that a lot of times that's not the way the property comes to us, but for a thousand or fifteen hundred bucks, you can clean that spot up really quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just you just did it in East Texas. Yep, right. The pull up on a property, it's on a paved highway, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. the grass to get in, there was an entrance mm-hmm. cut in with a gate entrance. Yep. The grass was eight feet tall. Yeah. You know, all you did is pay the guy a thousand bucks or so. Paid a thousand bucks to come on a holiday weekend and he knocked it out in two hours. To dramatically change the way it the sold the next set. week. Yeah. So it's it's those little things like that add up. And you know, does that work on every property? No, but you're gonna have a better chance if the person doesn't have to park on the side of a highway with no shoulder, jump across a ditch <laughs> to get to their property. Yeah. I do like the idea of putting in a road. Like if there's a easement mm-hmm. and you can just pour some caliche down all the way there yeah so when you say that i think of the flag post property and you know it has the little thin strip that gets to the highway and it runs back to the 10 or 20 acres it's back behind the other properties and it's just so it looks like a flag sitting full with the wind Mm -hmm. and you know they'll usually typically they'll have an easement or they own the property so they can take a road down that strip but that road has never been cut so that's what i always ask somebody when they when they bring that to me for deal funding i ask how much is it to clear that road to get you back to your usable property? Oh. And they go, I don't know. I'll let the buyer worry about that. So if you're going to do that, there's two ways to do that. You could put the road in, spend the money, $1,500 a day to run a dozer. Maybe it takes them a day or two to clean it up, maybe three. So you're 4500 bucks to get there. Or you buy it at a price that the next person can still do that and make it look mm-hmm. like a good deal for them. Yeah, you got to figure it into it. Yeah. It's all about, your, I guess, your level of what you want to do. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with going either way. I mean, I'm not saying, hey, you have to do this or you have to do that. But there, that has to be thought about. I'm doing a partner on a deal in New York with a guy, has a driveway. It had grown up with vines and poison ivy and all kinds of crap on it. And that was the contention when we bought it is, hey, we have to have a landscape company or somebody come in and just clear the path where you can turn off the road into it because that's going to make or break yeah. this deal. I try and put myself in the buyer's position. I mean, I'm a picky person. Mm-hmm. I'm going to buy a property that's over 20 grand Mm -hmm. and I pull up off the highway and I see nothing but eight foot tall grass for the next half a mile and knowing the properties behind the property that I'm looking at, Mm -hmm. I'm probably just going to keep driving. Well, we did that exact thing (laughs) on the third property we went and looked at on on our trip in Oklahoma. We pulled up, we said, it's too thick. We can't get into there. Yeah. I'd never seen a property so thick before. It was thick. And so, but if I'm the buyer and you tell me, yeah, go down the highway till you see the Kalicha road, turn right down that and go half a mile and the property be right there. I'm going... I, I go out there and like, yeah, this is... I drove right to it. Yeah, no problem. And it's and it's like you said, that you should not have to think about it. You yeah. should be able to get right onto it. But you want to be able to do it legally and not get shot or arrested for going on the property. So you have to make sure you have an easement or you're, it's your property. You can't just assume. So you need to understand that. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people that they get hung up with that piece, they're like, well, I don't know how to find easements. A lot of times it's written in the deeds. You can do a search against those grantors and grantees. The person that you're buying it, more times than not, knows how they're granted access. Hopefully. Hopefully. Yeah. yeah. You can push title to find it as well. Hey, look for any easements to get to that property. And the cool. physical piece is 
can you physically get on the property? Oh, and like it's something blocking you from getting to it. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Is yeah. it is it actually a road there? Is there trees? Is there a bar ditch? Is it a washed out creek? You know, fence. What? Yeah, fence. What do you have to do to actually be able to get physically onto your property? And that's the that's and that's those are the two two boxes you have to check every time. Yeah, those are the most important. That's the, sitting on a property for a year and selling it below what you bought it for, or yeah, selling it quick for so the two three times. The three deals that I said and I've said this that I've lost money on have been because of access. There was physical access, questionable whether it was legal or not, but somebody had put gates up, locks, and signs that said, we'll shoot you if you come across it. <laughs> I still find like hard to believe that they can do that, like how someone can block you from getting to your property. But Yeah. Because if I, if I ran into them in person, mm-hmm. it's like, there'll be a big argument going on. Like, no, you're not stopping me from getting to this property. I don't. <laughs> yeah, but you're trespassing at that point. Well, Technically, if there's no easement. That's the whole thing about this. Like. Yeah. What you know? What causes that that difference there? Am I legally allowed to be here? Well, n- sometimes no, you're not. Yeah. A lot of times in those places that we're thinking about, though, there is 30 foot easements on property lines that you can run down to somebody's property line. If there's a yeah. gate, you need to shut it back. Yeah. I'm not saying that I would be in the right or the wrong. I'm just <laughs> yeah. saying that's going to be an argument. Yeah. I don't care if I'm right or wrong. I'm just yelling at somebody. <laughs> that's my property. You're not stopping me. <laughs> so. Oh man. All so, right. Yeah. I mean, it, it's a. Tranny Pan Hills, you got to watch out for those big ruts, whether there's gates, trees blocking your way. I had a lady tell me she had access, but last time they went there was a dead cow blocking it, so they didn't get out there. But, you know, legally, a couple questions you should ask yourself when you're when you're buying a property. Are you legally allowed to access it the way you're getting the route to it? Are you legally allowed to be there? I wanted to add this in. It could be you may have to reach out to the Department of Transportation in that state to get a some kind of permit to drop a culvert in. It may not just allow that. Mm-hmm. So don't assume that because it has a highway next to it that you're going to be able to access your property. Cool. Good final words. Um, all right, guys, it's Friday. We hope you're having a solid day and an even better weekend. And while you're enjoying yourself, do us a favor. As always, go to Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Give us a like, a follow, a subscribe, and then go to iTunes. Go to Stitcher. Go to wherever else you're listening to us. Like, rate, review, and subscribe to the show. Appreciate it. Love you. See you Monday. See you guys.